0: Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And Of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. Amen. We do take a moment on Sunday mornings to uh, just make sure everyone's aware that if you want to make your giving part of your worship today, then we do have ways in which you can do that. And uh, they are there for you on the screen just now. You can, there's a standard way, you put a check in an envelope and you mail it. Um, You can text to the number that's on your screen. That's Really straightforward, just put a dollar amount in the text message, text it to that number. The first time you do it, you'll get a message back asking to set up a means of where the money is going to come from. After that, you just put the amount in, and it goes. And then we uh, also have the availability for secure giving online on our church website, genesisli.com. So um, giving, giving is, has been a part of our worship for so many of us, and it's part of what we do And um, we want to be able to offer you those facilities. Um, Let me just mention a couple of things. Uh, Those of you who live locally will be aware of the fact that at 11.30 today, the back of our building, we are distributing ice cream bars and Genesis decals. Um, That's really because we want to see your face. So if you live within reach of here, if you want to swing by, I mean, it's going to be a drive-through. We'll say, hi, goodbye, please move. There's 100 people behind you. But uh, we'd love to see you this morning. Um, it, for, th- for those of our church family who are much farther afield, um, if you will just email admin at genesisli.com, we will send you the decal. We were going to try the ice cream, but we're told it won't work if we mail that to you. So we will send you the decal if you want to wear on your car the fact you're part of this church family. A couple more things coming up this week because everything we do, of course, is for our whole church, wherever you might be. Uh, Tuesday night, we are going to have the first of two Tuesdays of Zoom talk. And Zoom talk is just going to be this. Church family, wherever you are, hanging out together, on Zoom at 7 o'clock. We're going to share stories just amongst ourselves of God's goodness and God's blessing and what God's done. We're going to share prayer needs and prayer requests and spend a little time praying together, and then I'll share something from God's Word with you for five minutes to close that up. So uh, if you're on our mailing list, you will get our emailing list, you will get an email tomorrow with that Zoom link. If you know you're not on our email list, please email us, admin at genesisli.com, and we will send you the link so you can join us. And then next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we have our Newbies Night, and that's an online event to get together for folks who are new to our church. Whether you are from New York, New England, New Mexico, Newfoundland, New Delhi, New Zealand, I'm done. I don't know any more off the top of my head. You get the drift? Wherever you're from, our whole church family around this country and in other countries, if you're worshiping with us regularly, and uh, we'd love just to get to know you a little bit better. So if you're newish to us and have started joining our online services these last few months, here's what we want you to go. Go to our website, genesisli.com, and right on the home screen at the top, you'll see a link that's to sign up for our newbies night next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. You bring the pizza, we'll share together what our church is about, what matters to us, who we are, introduce our staff, and we hope you'll be comfortable introducing yourself. Please do make a point of joining us next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Now, before we come to today's teaching, there's something I want to address, and that is this. On Friday, our president stated that he wants churches to be opened again nationwide, and that he wants them to open this weekend. And I had a number of inquiries from people saying, are we having a physical service then as well on Sunday? And the answer is no. And what I wanna do just now is I wanna just explain why I've actually written it out and I'm gonna read it so nobody can misunderstand what I'm saying There's a couple of things I want to lay out to you all about our physical services. Number one, Genesis Church never closed. We're busier than we ever were. We're reaching more people than ever. And we're continuing to see people come to faith in Christ. We simply hold our services in a different location online. Number two, the president urged governors to make restarting services a priority. The ball is in their court. The decision is theirs. Governor Cuomo has said nothing that alters the current position for religious gatherings in New York State. That is, they are restricted to no more than 10 people. We will recommence in house services when it is legally permitted, but not before. We are a nation of laws. We will recommence in-house services when it is safe to do so. We will have every last detail in place to conform to all CDC guidelines. We will recommence in-house services when we are comfortable the majority of our church family would feel safe doing so. We will recommence in-house services When we are able to offer an experience that resembles the Genesis experience, current CDC guidelines would exclude over 65s, mandate face masks for all, discourage singing, limit us to 80 people in a service spaced six feet apart, no cafe, no children's programs, etc., etc. In brief, That is not us. So as you can see, there's a lot to consider. These are some of the toughest decisions that I've faced in 50 years of pastoring. So I need you to pray for me and for our church staff. My promise to you is I will not adopt a cavalier attitude where people's health and life are at stake. Some will think we're moving slowly. Some will leave us because we are moving slowly, but I would rather be safe than sorry. So worship will be live-streamed on Sundays to our ever-increasing church family, and we will continue this way for as long as we need to. I will not play with people's lives. So that's where we're at, okay? And uh, here's where we're at now. It's Sunday. And we're worshiping Jesus together, which is a wonderful thing. Let's just take a moment to pause, breathe. Just close your eyes for a second if you want to. And just quietly say to God, Lord, please speak to me today. We need you, Lord. We need you. We need to hear from you. Speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I am I, I'm really happy to be here today. Um, I'm really happy to be here today. I am really, really happy to be here today. And I'll tell you why. Because a year ago today, I was laying in a cardiac care unit. After having a major heart attack, followed by major heart surgery, I'm really happy to be here today. And the the um, for everybody else watching online, I bring my own cheering team with me, and they do sit here in our in our worship center. Um, But, but, you know, thinking back, as I obviously have done quite a lot over this last few days on that experience, I'm reminded of this. Um, When the cardiologist who did the catheterization after my heart attack came and talked to me, um, and he said to me, you know, we, we cleared the blockage that caused the heart attack actually immediately now when we went in, but there are about nine other blockages. And then he said there's one major one which is the one that causes the Widowmaker heart attack that kills you without warning, and he said that one is 94% blocked. He said if we hadn't gone in there today, we would never have found that, and you would not be here for much longer. So that evening, as I'm in the cardiac care unit, and um, I'm Googling heart bypass surgery because I never had it before. Now, can can I just encourage you? If you have any ailment on earth, never, ever, Google it. Now we know that, but we still do, right? Let's tell the truth. So I Googled it. And now it was, it was I had no idea about heart surgery. Um, and it all, all looked good until I came to read that the statistics are there are a 97% recovery rate, a 3% mortality, fat- fatality rate with heart bypass surgery. Three out of 100 die. So this thought came to my mind, it's May. I wonder if he's done 97 already this year. No, I mean, thoughts come to your head, right? And that thought came to my mind. And then, you know what, my mind went back to the doctor, the the cardiologist who said to me, if we hadn't found that today, you'd be gone. And you know what I suddenly thought? if God was done with me, then this would never have been discovered. And from that moment on, I had an incredible peace. I think my family who were around me when I went down to the OR the next morning, I, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of tension, anxiety with them. I was at peace. I really was. Of course, I was in even more peace late that day when I actually woke up and it was over. But, but, but I was at peace. And I thank God just for what I believe was a supernatural peace. And over the course of this last few weeks, I've been re-examining in my teaching some of the things that really matter to us, what matters most. And looking at what matters most, today I'm coming down to this, and this is so important in our lives at any time, but perhaps particularly where we're at right now is what matters most is peace. What we treasure is peace, peace of heart, peace of mind inward peace. And what I want to do in my teaching today is focus on one single Bible verse. And that verse you'll find in the book of Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Now, if you take a look at that for a moment on your screen, you will realize it's in Old English. And I've got to explain this. Yes, it is. It's in the King James Version. I've known this Bible verse probably for over 50 years, but I know it just the way you see it on the screen. If I put that into a modern translation, I'd keep saying it wrong today. So I'm sorry, it's there. But I would love, if, if there's one thing you got out of today, I'd love that when this service is over, you actually had this verse in your minds and could remember it, and at times it comes back to you. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now this is gonna get weird. Here's what I want you to do. Wherever you are, whoever you're watching this with, I'd love for you all to read. Then are going to look at each other and say, "No thanks, Roger. I'm good. I'm eating a bagel." No, 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 no. Join with me and read this out aloud. Because as you read it, it starts to get into your mind. Okay. So, so let's 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 have a go at this. Are you ready right now? Okay. Let's go. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Now, kids, if your mom and dad did not say anything then, you tell them you need to start doing what the pastor says. Okay? And we'll give them one more chance, kids, right? All right, this time, ready? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Wow. Isn't that a huge promise? God will keep us in perfect peace when we keep our minds stayed on him and we trust in him. So that verse is the heart of what I really want to share with you today. And the first thing that stares right into my face out of that verse is this, is that God's peace is perfect. Perfect peace is to be found in God. You know, the, the prophecy of Isaiah was written in the Hebrew language originally and in the Hebrew text it actually reads like this. You will keep him in peace, peace. So it's said twice for effect. So the translators translated that perfect peace. You will keep him in peace, peace whose mind is stayed on you. There's an emphasis there. Perfect peace. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 it says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. All joy, all peace, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, God the prayer is that God fills us with all peace, perfect peace. It, a lot of people get the idea that what Christianity is really about is keeping a whole bunch of rules and regulations and and like keeping a chart of how good you, you are. And, and that's not what it is. In the 15th chapter of the book of Romans, uh, in fact, in the 14th chapter of the book of Romans, <laughs> it says this, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking because they were having conversations in the, in the church in Rome then about what is a Christian you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. And it's like, Paul says, leave that nonsense alone. It's not all about that. It's about this, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about the life we now enjoy through relationship with Jesus. And one of the characteristics of that is we find peace through God's Spirit helping us. God's peace is perfect. It begins when we make peace with God. And that happens when we come to put our faith in Christ as our Savior, receive God's forgiveness for our sin and the gift of eternal life. Romans 5, 1 expresses it like this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, so we've been justified, we've been made right, we've been forgiven through our faith in Christ, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So through Jesus, we not only have justification. We are justified through faith. But through Jesus, we have peace with God. So we have reconciliation. So God's not only wiped the record clean, God's drawn us close to himself. He hasn't just forgiven us, he's made us his children. So God has done this double miracle for us, which is the beginning of peace. Peace. God's gift to us is peace. Jesus came to this world and was announced as the Prince of Peace. I, I was, um, one of the things I, I, I did pretty well in, in high school was languages. Um, now, I left high school a couple of years ago, um, so I, I, I don't remember a lot of um, some of those languages. Um, we did the, you know, the dead languages, like Latin and Greek I did, um, then I did some living languages like French and German and Mandarin Chinese, but uh, I, I did those. But I still know enough to say hello and goodbye in French, German, and Chinese. Be impressed, people. Be, be, be really impressed, okay? Bonjour, au revoir. Just proving the point. I'm not sitting here lying. <laughs> that would be bad. Uh, all right, so, guten Tag, auf Wiedersehen. There we go. Hello? Goodbye. There, there we go. See ya. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I've learned New York too. So I know that. But you know, uh, when, I, when, when I was in Israel a number of years ago, it was so easy in Israel because they use one word for hello, goodbye. Same word. In fact, I think they use it a lot, shalom. So shalom is the word. It's like hello, it's goodbye, it's kind of... Uh, Hey, it's everything in between. You know, how'd you like your coffee? Shalom. Yeah, it's it's it it, it covers a multitude of sins. Shalom is a is a is a very common word in, in the Bible. It's used 242 times in the Old Testament, and it is used 92 times in the New Testament. So shalom occurs 334 times in the Bible. So when you can't find peace, you know where you can discover it? There's a lot of shalom, peace, right in the book. Right in the book. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. To experience shalom, actually, is far more than just peace. It means flourishing. It means being complete, having nothing missing. And what God wants us to know is that kind of perfect peace, peace with God. And then once we find peace with God, we can find peace with ourselves. Now, some of us, if we're totally honest, we're still working on that, right? Okay, you may be sitting in your den, but you're really in church, so you need to tell the truth, okay? So some of us are still working on that, but, but we're getting better with that. Once we have peace with God, we get at peace with us. Jesus, Jesus said this in John 14. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Look at this. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Do not, look, look, look at this, do not let your hearts be troubled. It's, it's, it's on us. Don't you let your hearts be troubled. Well, how, how do you stop your heart being troubled? I'm glad you asked that. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Peace with ourselves. Peace with others. God's peace is perfect. And then in this verse in Isaiah chapter 26, I get this, that God's peace is protective. God's peace protects us. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. The idea of that word keep there is to guard, to protect. You will protect him in perfect peace. So when our mind is stayed on God and when we're trusting in God, God is going to protect us. God is going to protect our peace. Psalm 127 and verse 1, it says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stands awake in vain. So the idea of this. If God isn't looking after your household, then you're wasting your time because you can't do it. If God isn't protecting the city, the guards are going to be pretty useless. But you know what that's really saying? It, you know what that whole thing is saying? Is God is guarding us. God is protecting us. God is keeping us. God will keep us in perfect peace. We're not left out there alone. A number of years ago, uh, I'm not cheap. Some of you know me. I like to feel I'm, I'm you know, generosity is part of the way I'm wired. But, I, but I'm not stupid either. Uh, I'll say that again. I'm not stupid either. Uh, so, but but here's, a number of years ago, my wife and I, Jill and I were talking about um, security for our house, security system. And, and we looked into it and I said, I'm not paying that money for a security system. There's got to be a better way. And I went onto eBay and I found on eBay, I could buy ADT security, protect stickers and, and, and signs. And so I said, you know, that's, that, that, that's, what, that's what we need to do. I'll just order the stuff. Nobody knows the difference. So I did. So they all came in. I was happy as Larry. I stick them on the windows and the doors, outside the front door, outside the back door. thing. nobody's going to touch the, this place. And then I thought, I bought these off eBay. I wonder if they're for real. So there's a number, right? Because there's a phone number on there that says, you know, call ADT, so and so. So I thought, I'm going to check the phone number. So I called the number. It was a gay sex hotline. Well, it seemed a good idea at the time. Anyway. Now, I know that's all some of you are going to remember from today's teaching, right? I know I know it's probably all you're going to take away from this. Can you believe what he did? Um, but but there, there's a reason I tell you this story. They were not going to protect our house. They were not going to do the job. Security systems do the job. And God does the job of guarding his people and protecting us. God will keep us in peace. Perfect peace when our minds are stayed on him. Perfect peace. One of my favorite Bible stories is in the Old Testament in the second book of Kings. And uh, what was happening around this time, there was a prophet called Elisha, and um, there, there, there was a, Israel was kind of at war And the the enemy king from Aram had all kinds of plots and plans to defeat the people of Israel. But every time he came up with a strategy, it seemed the Israelis knew already. Uh, And and they weren't able to pull it off. Because what happened was God would tell Elisha what the king of Aram was going to do. He'd tell the king of Israel. So the king of Aram is like, what's up with this? And they said, there's a guy down there who's tipping off the king. Elisha the prophet. So the king of Aram said, okay, we need to take Elisha out then. So overnight, here's what he said. He he said in 2 Kings 6 verse 13, he he sent a, a whole army out and said, go find where he is so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and they surrounded the city. So here they are. It all happens at night. Next morning, when the servant of the man of God, Elisha's servant, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those that are with them. I love that story. Elisha says to him, look, don't be afraid. Those that are with us, uh, hello, there's like me and you, Elisha. But Elisha, those that are with us are more than they. And the servant's still freaking out. So Elisha, I can see him doing a kind of a, you know, an eye roll. And Elisha prayed, it tells us. And Elisha said, open his eyes, Lord. God help him. Open his eyes so that he can see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I love that. And what happened there was God, God drove them into chaos and the army was absolutely uh, devastated and it was fantastic stuff. But here's the thing all the servant saw was the enemy. Elisha could see God protecting them all around. And I want to remind you this Sunday morning, the devil's not as big as you think he is. Colossians 2.15 says this about Jesus. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets, which is what a victor would do that time with the opposing army. Jesus stripped, ty- Jesus stripped the tyrants all the spiritual from the spirit the spiritual forces of the universe. The devil was defeated at Calvary. His power was taken away from him at Calvary. Sure, the influence of evil is very real in this world, but the reality is this. Here's what the Bible says, plain and simple. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God's peace is protective. God takes care of us. And then the third thing I want to say today is this. We've got to recognize that God's peace is provisional. There is a condition to this. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Okay, God will keep, will protect perfect peace. Here's the conditional part. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. It's about focusing on God. My, my vision was getting a bit blurry a couple of years ago, and ultimately I thought, let me go see if I can get anything done. So I went to see an eye doctor or whatever, ophthalmologist, is it? I don't know. He just looked at my eyes and charged me a lot of money. That's all I know. But I, I went to see this guy, and he said, oh, you've got cataracts, which probably with the rest of the human race. But um, he said, you've got cataracts. We can do that. We can give you perfect vision. I said, oh, that's Fantastic. And he said, yeah, he said, we can correct that. You'll still need reading glasses, but if you pay a lot more money and get some different lens, you won't even need reading glasses. So I paid a lot more money. Uh, Yeah, anyway, we won't tell you how that went. You can draw your own conclusion uh, by the fact I'm still wearing glasses. But I was amazed. Some of the tests they give you then, you know, I mean, I'm used to going to an eye doctor and he says, you know, we'll cover this eye, read from the top and whatever else. I'm used to that. But they had all these machines, and there's one where, where you put your head right forward, and there's a thing comes over, covers one eye, and they say, look at the dot, stare at the dot right in the middle. And then there's other things start moving across the screen, but you've got to stare at the dot. Now, there is not a living human being who can do that. Don't tell me to live in, look at the dot and you've got stuff flying all across the screen. So I do the test. That, no, that, that didn't come clear. Let's try it again. Don't look anywhere else this time. So I got my money's worth that time. They do test after test after test after test. It's, whoops, it's impossible to do. Well, I guess not, but you've got to be committed to it. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Listen, we've got to keep focused on God. You know what that really means? It means we've got to keep bringing ourselves back into focus, bringing it back in, bringing it back in, bringing it back in, bringing it back in. We're not going to be 100% focused on God all of the time. But when our minds wander to the negative, when fear starts to be the thing that is the dominant voice in our lives, what we need to do then is we need to pull it back in and we need to refocus on God. Psalm 112 says this, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Look at this. They have no fear of bad news. Why? Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And when we are trusting in the Lord, we will not be afraid of bad news. We will not be shaken because God keeps us in perfect peace when our minds are fixed, stayed on Him. But we've got to make sure that happens. Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. How about that? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Where your heart is at, where your mind is at, a lot of it, a lot of it depends on you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. No one's focused 24-7. That's why some of the things that uh, we do and uh, as church together and, and, and in, you know, invite you to and make available to you are so important. That's why Sunday worship together is so important because it brings us back into center, focusing on God. Tuesday night, spending time in teaching and fellowship together brings our minds back in together. The end of every day at 9 o'clock on our Genesis Church Facebook page, I just read the Bible you know what that does? It brings us back to a place where our minds are stayed on God. The people we hang out with. Oh, we can't. That's right. Well, the people we talk to on the phone or Zoom or you know what I mean. The people who are around us need to be people who help us to keep focused on God. There are a thousand ways to do it. But listen, here's what God says. I'll do this If you do that. And this Sunday morning, here's what I want to encourage you in. Determine to bring your mind back to focusing on God. Set up things in your life, routines, patterns that will help you to do that and make sure it happens. Otherwise, we drift. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Let's pray together.